you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Rivers shotgun moving left to right. Here comes the blitz. Rivers to the end zone. Popped up in the air and caught. Keenan Allen, a pair of Steelers collide. The ball pops up in the air. Allen able to snatch it for a touchdown. The Dave Damashek Football Program, available on Apple Podcasts and at NFL.com slash DDFP. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. Black. What an awful, awful game that was. Thank you for playing that MLB behind that. the glass. Who is that guy? That guy was excited calling that play. He's terrific. He does a <laughs> fake voice on the radio. <laughs> Yeah, that terrific guy, by the way, called Justin Jackson, Austin Eckler on a touchdown run. Poor kid. <laughs> Big Ten's all-time leading rusher and his first he touchdown is? in the NFL. Yeah. How about He's that? the all-time leading rusher? Think about that. All the great backs that have come out of the Big Ten and Justin Jackson. Is I do want to I, I, I want to actually address that. Uh, Northwestern's Justin I want to I want to address that in a second. But first of all, hi and hello and welcome to the Dave Damashek football program. Presented as always by Head and Shoulders. You hear the voice of uh Used of it this voice. morning. The voice of what? Head and shoulders. Did you? I use the green apple. Yeah, I like that scent. I love it. I have, uh, I'm not embarrassed. I got dry scalp. You know, it's what I got. I got to deal with it. It's my cross to bear. So I got to, how do I deal with it? Head and shoulders. Green apple. Love it. Back to second and seven. Chargers. (laughs) I want you to start doing in-game ad reads. Okay. That would be great if you started uh, doing some of those. Um, Anyway, the voice is uh, also the voice of your Los Angeles Chargers. Riding high after that uh, dramatic victory, I guess is a good uh, adjective to apply to it. Um, In Heinz Field, it is, of course, uh, also one half of the greatest radio show that there is. Petros and Money, find that on iHeartRadio. He is a host of uh, NFL Fantasy Live. And the podcast Game Theory and Money here on NFL Media, along with uh, Cindy Freeland. It's Matt Money Smith, everybody. All right. All right. That's, that's good. A, we, we have a lot to talk about here, and I want to um, get into all of it. But first of all, your point about Justin Jackson. We really do. 
everybody talks about the 162 games of baseball and like, well, Roger Maris wouldn't have gotten the record if it weren't for those extra um, eight games that they play. And everybody plays that thing about like, well, yeah, okay, but only OJ would have gotten to actually we don't do that enough about. 2000 yard running backs in the NFL enough either is everybody is in the 2000 yard club. But in fact, only OJ Simpson is in that club because he got it in 14 games. Last no one else has yeah. done it in fewer than 15. I think only Dickerson, maybe I'm wrong about that, but Dickerson, I know did got it to in 2015, 15, but I don't know that anybody else didn't need the full 16 to get there either way. Money isn't it time? No one ever mentions the fact they're like, whoa, this guy's the all-time leading passer. He just broke the single-season record at a high-end college powerhouse team. Yeah, they play three extra games a season. Right. And that was uh, – there's another guy on the Chargers, uh, Detrez Newsom, who I believe is one of the all-time leading rushers because he went to – Western Carolina, which is a D2, and they have the playoffs, and he played extra games, and he rushed for, like, I don't know, 8,000 yards or something like that in uh, in college. So, yeah, it's bogus. Eh. I don't know why no one – you never – they just – The they per just, game thing. Yeah, the, 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 the slack-jawed uh, stuff about uh, – can you believe he broke the great John Elway's passing – yeah, he played three or four extra games than John Elway did that season. So, of course, he did. Anyway, um, it was a dramatic game. Quick shout-out while they're sitting uh, – uh, or Kent Brown is seated back there. Our guy helped us uh, get Bill Burr in here. And just before Money walked into the studio, we wrapped up with Bill Burr. A little bit we'll, of a bigger get for we'll you. Play, we'll, we'll play that back for you um, on Tuesday, I believe, is when we're doing that. And that's Patriots-Steelers week, so that'll be appropriate Boston sports fan the Steeler sports fan it was great stuff uh, Kent Brown quickly can you uh, kibitz with us for a second yeah sure why not uh, have you ever mentioned or have you guys ever talked amongst yourselves that like sometimes Dave is a little vain have you guys ever said that behind my back uh, probably Dave, a few times. Dave is Dave has weird self-esteem issues, you know, that we have to massage. What did Bill Burr say? Pull no punches. Was he was did he not enjoy himself? He enjoyed himself. He said he said right off the bat he's talking off Samuelson. He goes that gets me going. He's like it's not hard to get two sports fans to just start going at blows against one another if you just mention one player or one word. And he's like that got me going right off the bat. So so that was good. Yeah, that yeah, was a was, good move yeah. for me to do that. Well, All if right. you feel like Burr needs energy, you know, if you're like, hey, this guy's a little flat. We got, uh, we got 30 was... minutes to fill here. What am I going to do? Boom. Money, I don't Samuels know about card. you. You're, you have a you have an easier disposition. You you don't have my vanity issues. You have a, a breezy way I have way no reason to have any vanity issues. No, I see that's your dumb modesty thing that you like to do. <laughs> the, the, the bogus modesty of no, let me tell you something. Money Smith. That's the, let, me, let me just real quick interject because I'm doing this TV show for uh, CBS with Tim Tebow yeah. and Maria Taylor. Listen to, to Mr. Modesty. No, no, no. About to, a, a uh, network. Just let me, let me finish the two very attractive people, mm -hmm. and I just got – emailed to me uh, the photo proofs of all of the publicity <laughs> shots. And as I'm going through them and I'm looking at me standing next to Tebow and Maria Taylor, and it says, uh, you can only kill X percentage number of, and, and I think I hit my maximum after like the first 10. They're like, yeah, you can't kill any more of these shots. I look ridiculous. I look completely ridiculous standing next to those two people. That's how it works. The best looking, I don't know, people in all of sports media on the face of the earth, and I've got to stand in these publicity shots. All right, now time. I have to do it. Emma VP, let's go around uh, the, the uh, panel behind the glass there 
Emma VP. Is Matt Money Smith, does, should he denigrate his physical appearance as much as he does? Definitely not. No. no He's I, handsome? No, yeah, you're, you you're guys a are being standout. Nice. Nah, it's not. You, <laughs> I'm see, a standout, all right. Now you yeah. go too far. Now you go. Now, see, now, oh, now okay. I know you're patronizing. You, apparently, you're not in uh, the headspace uh, that, uh, that uh, we don't jive here on the show. Emma's too nice. Eddie will Spaghetti. give me the straight. Spaghetti. No, no, no. no. He'll no. give me the straight no, juice. No, 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 no. I think I think Money is a, a totally handsome guy. I think the problem, the problem is that I've heard from people who have met Tim Tebow in person that he might be like the best physical specimen of all time. Yeah, that's what I've heard. It's it's embarrassing. It's really? it's, it's what's the name of the show again? Million Dollar Mile, March twenty seventh. Oh, so because we have a, a got a date. Few months. Yep, Wednesday nights eight p.m. on CBS. But yeah, he's it's just it's stupid. You're looking at the photos. And you're like, really? This is just this is embarrassing. Like, why? How about you just put the two of them and like you can put me in a little thought bubble or something like that over him? That might be the way to do. Oh, this stop! Shot. It's going to be great. Money gets along with uh, w- with everybody, and uh, it's easy to do when you can have a conversation about any subject under the sun. <laughs> and Matt Money Smith, I've paid witness to him doing just that. But uh, anyway, I forget where I was going with it. Pittsburgh? Was it uh, my trip to Pittsburgh? We were going to talk about that. Oh, spaghetti. Did you think it went all right with oh, uh, Bill, Bill Burr? That's what I was asking. I, about. I thought it was all. I mean, you thought it went. You okay. had forty minutes with him. You talked about every. Like you're talking about every top under the sun with money. I mean, you guys hit on every topic, whether it was like some George H. W. Bush talk to sports to to uh, flying to to dressing up and being at a certain age. I mean, you guys hit it all. It was for me. It was a really special moment because I've loved Bill forever. <laughs> so watching you interview a guy I like was great. But no, he was awesome. It's great. And special moment. Again, and thanks again to Ken Brown for helping bring him in. Yeah, yeah Ken. I was, I was a splendid, uh, a splendid uh, deed by uh, Kent Brown to do that. But um, and obviously Bill Burr, the uh, that Bill Burr listens to Kent Brown uh, is is uh, shows the sway. Pretty Kent good. Kent Brown, power player in uh, in Hollywood. Um, but yes, all right. Well, see, we, we don't just keep Ken around for his mom's voicemails. You know, he's got, got other contributions. We got to the some show. new ones, and I'm pleased to announce. I'll just give you this uh, with the pie off just just uh, in the rear view mirror close in the rear view mirror still we're already on to the next big event matt money smith not the premiere of your program not the nfl postseason before all that it's the shecky awards the shecky awards oh, yeah. are coming up at the end of this month and i'm pleased to announce a new category Best Kent Brown's mom voicemail. Ooh, good one. Please tell me they're that. all nominated, and oh, we get to play are. every single one of them. We're gonna have to go through. That's gonna. We, we might have to do a special Shecky special Sheck show category yes. of Kent Brown's mom. Love it. And the thing, we we might have to get her on the Skype even to accept her award. Or is it like Vera, where we never want to see, like uh, Norm's wife Vera on Cheers, that we never want to see her? You know what? I think you're right. Just because I want to say everybody in their mind's eye has their own version. Of, of Mrs. Brown, and I think it'd be a shame to uh, to ruin it with her beauty, is what I'm assuming. Okay. You know? Not that I Fair don't enough. envision her as a very beautiful woman, but I think we all just kind of have our own idea of what she looks like as she's telling you about the shape of water. <laughs> there's, there's just something about that. I, all I know is, I don't want to get into it, Emma VP, do you have them handy or no? The Kent Brown's mom emails or uh, voicemails. I don't know if I have the new ones. I think no, not the new ones. I just really uh, the the one that's going to be tough to beat without going through all of them. The the one that comes to mind first is, uh, hey Kent, guess who died? It's the best one. (laughs) (laughs) Hey Kent, guess who died? Pause. 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 Uh, (laughs) 
Uncle Phil, uh, my cousin Jane. No, no, it was just uh, it was just a random celebrity. Whitey so, Bulger. Yeah, Whitey Bulger. <laughs> it was Whitey That's Bulger. Right. Hey, Kent, guess Kent who died? died? Whitey Bulger. I didn't even know he was still alive. Then, <laughs> <laughs> but don't call back because I'm going to watch the news That's to find right. out more about the, okay. the passing of Whitey Bulger. Okay. Okay. Um, all right, money. I don't know if the Steelers' chances at a Super Bowl have uh, have passed away, but they really took a significant hit there the with playoffs? that Heinz Field. They are right? in jeopardy. That's a, that's a tough schedule they got left, and um, they do have a tough Pats schedule. And Saints. Yes, and 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 listen, I, I, it is not as uh, as Maurice likes to refer to it as me shekin. Like, you're shecking because you pick against the Steelers every week or you always float that they could lose the game. Yes, with good reason. They lose to bad teams on the road and have, uh, you know, for 12 years now with uh, with Coach Tomlin, as great as he is, and the stuff about that he's not one of the better coaches or they need to move on from him, he, his winning percentage is right up there with the, with the greats just below Bill Belichick, but he does have that weird kryptonite specifically against the Raiders. It is not a gimme, and so I don't even look past that one it's Let's, a gimme it's not a gimme. to me that's a gimme they that, almost that, beat the chiefs that team is bad. they almost beat the, the chiefs. chiefs and that's going to be the chiefs problem when the playoffs roll around is their defense is that bad when you look at what teams have put up against them the raiders you know who have been victimized by every good team and just throttled by them they go in to arrowhead and what do they do i mean Derek Carr throws for three touchdowns jordy nelson has 100 yards jared cook has 100 and a touchdown doug martin has a nice game that's because the defense stinks the, yeah. the, the Pittsburgh defense is good. I mean, it's good. I know in the second half, you know, the Chargers took advantage of it a little bit, but Phillips just been playing at that high of a level. Derek Carr's not going to do that, man. That defense is nasty. That defensive line. That's right. I went back and watched through the uh, – I, I went back and watched the game um, on the all coaches' th- film. Those, those first three that they the, – the, the primary three they are, are all throwing three guys. Yeah. You want to know why Austin Eckler didn't have a good running game? Because guards were getting thrown into him, like lifted off the ground and thrown into him before he could make it to the hole. Those two, Hargrave is ridiculous. That's right. Ridiculous. And I think I, I, with, with his breakout over the last month or so, as, uh, you know, Cam Hayward is kind of the face of the defense. He's fantastic. He's he's dynamite. There's no doubt about that. But the but the guys who are who have the higher ceiling and when when they when you see um, indications that they're reaching that uh, um, respect uh, uh, respectively. Um, Stefan to it. His return is that he, he can be dominant and, guys. and Javon Hargrave. Now that they're putting, a, they're asking him to pass rush all of a sudden, he's now, uh, doing that. And they, they just don't have as much depth. Yeah, he, I mean, he literally picked up Dan. Alu, Alu is all right. Is threw him good. into Austin Eckler as he was trying to make his way toward the hole. It was funny in that game. It wasn't funny for you. I mean, well, no, I think it would still be funny for you. LJ Fort had the game of his life. And a worst game of his life <laughs> on both sides. Because he was making every tackle, but he was asked to cover Keenan Allen repeatedly. And repeatedly, Keenan's like, really? You're going to try to slow me down with this guy? And there he would just plenty, leave him in the dust. I don't want to get uh, too deep in the weeds with it. But the if you go back and you watch, as you say, the All-22, and watch how they're dispatching Mike Hilton, who's one of the one of the better, if unknown, um, slot backs, cover yeah. corners that, they, that, that, that exists in the NFL now. 
why you can repeatedly see Mike Hilton floating and where they're, what, what matchups he's taking, and you're leaving one of the great tacticians at the wide receiver of the 21st century with LJ Fort is inexplicable. <laughs> but anyway, that game makes me sick. We don't have to spend a lot of time on it. I, by the way, just real quick, if you, if you, not to plug my own Twitter feed, but I tweeted out uh, what I thought was the play of the game. And I know you had mentioned it when we came in, that interception it could have been an interception. Instead, pops up, goes for a touchdown, was probably the tip. It's game point. over if the, um, if the Steelers picked that one with a minute to go. In the it third. was just a third and four, and or second and four. And Keenan Allen lays out. I mean, he is horizontal with the ground, arms outstretched, and snatches this pass out of the air. And you probably couldn't see it on the broadcast, but if you watch it on the coach's film, and that's what I put up there, I think, for the um, for, uh, when I tweeted it out, that ball was going right to Hilton. I mean, it was coming right between the numbers. He was going to catch it. If, if Allen is not able to put his foot in the ground, make that cut, and just lay out and make that reception. And that led to the Justin Jackson go-ahead touchdown. Yeah, uh, I did see you tweet that out, and it was spot on. Um, I do, though, wonder, because Phil still has the proc- proclivity to throw some, uh, some bad balls over the course of 60 minutes. And if Sean Davis doesn't truck Joe Hayden in the end zone. <laughs> That's a good way to describe it. He trucked them. I mean, what was it? What was it? Knocked him out. How bad is your aim, Sean Davis? <laughs> My goodness. <laughs> if you ever play pickup basketball with Sean Davis, don't stand behind the uh, backboard because you're probably going to get one in the ear. Um, I don't know what that was. That was terrible. But it makes me think, you know, the, to me, the Steelers, we, the conversation that I would be perpetuating, if they had taken down the Chargers in the fashion that it appeared they were going to through, say, up 13, 35, nothing. 40 minutes. Yeah, up 13, nothing. But even with the bat, yeah, I thought the Steelers are really taking care of business. And yes, Chargers and uh, and their fans can say, yeah, we didn't have Melvin Gordon. And if we get me Bain back, that we're going to be a different team come January. And all that would be fine. But for practical purposes, the Steelers would have probably salted away the North and they could be keeping an eye towards trying to get one of those top two seeds. Instead, we're talking about the Chargers. But it occurs to me that all of a sudden, to your point about uh, the Chiefs really have a, a have a, an atrocious defense and the Patriots own the Steelers, no matter how you want to spin that. That's just not a good matchup for them. Belichick knows how to solve them and Brady as well. And the Chargers, as good as they are and assuming a healthy Melvin Gordon and otherwise, Phil Rivers, I feel like. You try to get away with that against the Steelers, you can do it. But that hold the ball to the last possible second that Phil Rivers does, and it's admirable with a 300-pound man bearing down on him. They'll figure out, Belichick and company will figure a way to drop a, a defensive lineman at the appropriate time, and they'll get Phil Rivers on a big pick or two over the course of the game. All this leads me to, is there anyone in the AFC in the Patriots way again, or are they going to go to the Super Bowl? I guess I'll, I'll push back um, and just disagree. Uh, about Phil and and I think what he's done is because I think the offensive line is getting more credit probably than they deserve uh, because of the lack of sacks and the completion percentage and the QB rating that Rivers has had and that's made him an MVP candidate he is uncanny with recognizing when he has to get rid of it if he's got to get rid of it right away if he can hold it's it's crazy, and I never really recognized it before I got this job, but now that I watch him in every single game, that man's internal clock, the 
periphery or the uh, you know the the proverbial eyes in the back of his head I've never seen anything like it he knows exactly almost every time when to get rid of the ball and sometimes it's he knows that Hargrave's going to shove Dan Feeney and he's going to be on him in three seconds and it's gone immediately. He knows when he can wait until that very last second and his willingness to take those hits. That's the it's difference. Crazy. You've pointed that out and I tweeted that out early in the game to keep an eye on, on, on your observation about that. He really does hold that ball. It comes out of his hand. Bang. The guy right smacks there. him, but it's, it's but crazy. It, it's the willingness to do yeah, it. It's and, crazy. and any human being could conceivably be put in that spot as long as you're willing to take the physical. Because he took a beating in that game yeah and he took a beating um and he keeps he keeps doing it um but you know the the way you like the chargers patriots because it'll be on the road unless they take the division which they they still could and the patriots would have to drop uh, i think two games for that to realistic so it's likely chargers at patriots the thing that's the thing that i think is a little disconcerting is the way that game played out if you're a charger fan um you know, that basically one of those wild card teams is going to have to win out, you know, win all four of their games for the Steelers not to get in because the Steelers have that tie. So if they just go two and two, Correct. Correct. they're not nine and seven, they're nine, six and one. And they'll have the advantage over one of those teams unless they go 10 and six. So I look at the the Ravens, do it. Would I like to see them beat the Chiefs? Sure. I think they can. I don't think they will. I don't think they'll come to L.A. and beat the Chargers. Um, I think the Chargers too balanced. So I think ultimately... Um, it's probably the Chargers is that number one wild card. And I think you're probably talking about the Steelers as the number four seed and a rematch. Right. That's and that's precisely how that's, I see it. Yeah, that I think is going to be a very uh, look, it'll be a tough game for both teams. No, if question. I have to bet forty dollars on it right now, that's exactly yeah. the scenario. But I don't think that the Chargers are, are I, I definitely think. And in fact, I'm going to pick it here and now. They're going to go into KC and take them down. They're going to steal the division, and the Chiefs are going to they be— They still got to go to Seattle. The Chiefs do. You know, and that that's a funny thing about it, right? Like, look at all—there's people picking the C, the Seahawks to actually make a Super Bowl run now, saying, look, that's, the, that's a nightmare for the Rams. You win all these games, and guess what you get? You get a Seahawks team that wins a wild card game, and you now have to beat a third time. By the both way, of uh, those games came down to the wire. And, right, right. And a Seahawks—right, exactly. A Seahawks team that clearly does not fear you, can no. hang with you. They understand if they have to play Playing you. Playing their best football right now. I think it's going to be I, – I, my guess is, actually, I think it's going to be – I think the Chargers are going to win the division, and then it's going to be the Chiefs. Is, imagine that that gangbusters Ooh. offense. Patrick Mahomes, that's going to be a wild card team. And if it's Pittsburgh is the other one, or let's say it's the Colts or uh, the Ravens still have a path to to sneak in there too, that's a, that's a scary – um, wild card situation are the is the team that is best suited if it's not the Chargers and I do think it is the Chargers to take down the Patriots. And what what do you think of the Texans? Can they do it? Sure. I mean, you know, I just you look at this run they're on, and and it's not fair because I'm trying to push back on the Chargers saying, oh, they didn't really play anybody, but that that win they dominated the Seahawks in Seattle. They had a kicker that missed three field goals, two extra points, and just basically tried to give the game away. Otherwise, they managed to, to really handle a very good Seahawks team. But if you look at the Texans' run recently, that's why, you know, and I know they're in the Red Challenge flag picks, maybe a little preview of what's to come, but 
I want to see him here these next few weeks, you know, before I'm fully buying into the Texans. I want to see him try to slow down Andrew Luck and that big offensive line that's been able to keep, you know, defenders at bay before I'm fully sold on the idea that Lamar Miller's really this good and Deshaun Watson and these guys can really do this against the Patriots or the Steelers or the Chiefs. Say no more. We'll pick that one in uh, in just a moment then. And uh, if I may share real quick, you may. Oh, yeah. I wanted to talk about Pittsburgh. I just real want to quickly want to say Saturday because I really I had not been back to Pittsburgh probably in 15 years last time I was there was back when I was in the music business and used to have to go call on uh gosh what's the name of the alt rock station there are RC anyway DVE I know is the big rock station anyway shout out to my guys uh Randy Bauman and Bill Crawford on with them uh, every Friday morning fantastic I don't shout them out nearly enough but um two of them men still have by the way the same program director that I used to deal with a guy by the name of John Mashita has wow, run that station right. forever. Yeah. Used to be one of my go-to guys when I needed records played. I'd be like, Hey Mashita, I got this band, Papa Roach. You got to help me out here, bud. 102.5 no. DVE. <laughs> me and this guy, Lenny, were my guys that uh, had a great, anyway. So I go out Saturday. I walk the streets. It was beautiful. It was oh, 60 but the degrees first, out. Al Michaels and, and beyond. Everybody mentions it when they get, when they come through that tunnel, Al Michaels described it as one of the great sights in America. So there, there are few things more striking, more uh, more grand than coming through those tunnels and seeing beautiful Pittsburgh before you. He's, it's absolutely right. And you know, I, Mario Lemieux at 18 didn't want to sign with the Penguins. People don't remember this. And now he's a favorite son. You sure. Know, he's, a, he, he's adopted Pittsburgh. It's like, I'm not going to Pittsburgh. Home. Yeah. Well, he said he, he didn't even – people don't remember. They drafted him. And he did not he, – he reluctantly went down and took the photos, but he would not even put the sweater on. He didn't put the – you'll see photos of him, and he and they're holding the sweater, and he wouldn't put it on because he was intent on not signing with Pittsburgh. They wanted him to deal him. But then he flew in because he had to go in and meet with the team. And when he came through the tunnels, he said he fell in love. It's hard not to. Anyway, please. So please. I walked the city, 60-degree <clears throat> day, uh, you know, little jog. Cruise through the uh, the area, took a little uh, map my run kind of job. Anyway, uh, I then, a, my friend Mike Eltieri from the Kings was able to secure us two tickets to the Penguins-Flyers game that night. Mm. So we pregame by going to South uh, Mario's South Street. Sure, sure. Where there were a ton of Charger fans, which was weird. Just of all the bars to pick, we roll in there. Probably 25, 30 Charger fans decide to make that their designated spot. So I buy a bunch of them the uh, the wheel of shots. We're spinning the wheel. And usually I have one road trip where I'll get a little bit sideways. And this was clearly the one because it was a late kick. So I could sleep in and sleep off the booze. So put down, I don't know, five or six yinglings there. Make my way. And this is the only reason why I want to tell this story. I make my way to the Penns uh, Flyers game. We get in. We have great seats. Uh, they pulled me. You know how they have the folding chairs right above the lower bowl for the handicap section? Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting in one of those folding chairs. I was given this jacket, <clears throat> if you'd like to describe it, Sheck, uh, by the Chargers equipment staff. Military green. Salute to service. Yeah, nice. Yeah, it's, it's what you've seen a lot of the coaches wearing on the sidelines there. It's got the Chargers logo. And, and- then here on the sleeve. Yeah, it's the, got the uh, the the backwards American flag, which is what the military wears, you know, because you anyway. Is that right? Yeah. I, oh, yeah. They wear it backwards. They do. Yeah. yeah. Am I the crazy? Am I the yeah. biggest dim uh, dimwit that ever has been? Yeah, that's uh, so I, I didn't know that. Why? I get into the Uber okay, to go, go to. Ahead. The, uh, well, well, you can teach me about oh, this yeah. later. I'm ashamed. I go and I get into the Uber. And when I get in first, the uh, the uh, driver goes, Ranger. 
And I go, no, it's just uh, it's just uh, NFL gear. I work for the Chargers. It's the uh, salute to service team. Oh, well, I was a Ranger. I said, well, thank you for your service, sir. Um, I apologize if you thought. He's like, ah, no, good, all good, man. I said, yeah, but, you know, the proceeds actually are, are benefiting the military. So, you know, good thing. They say, that's great. So he's talking to me about being in the service. Drops me up. Sitting in the uh, section, right, between the first and second period, drinking my giant 24-ounce Iron City, probably beers 8 and 9 or 9 and 10 by now. And this guy comes up to me and puts his hand on my shoulder, and he says, and he just starts talking. I just want to tell you, sir, I don't know why you're sitting here, you know, what it is that led you sitting here, but uh, I really, I just really want to make sure I thank you for your service. Thanks, Jens. And he sticks his hand what did you do? I just, I said, I'm, I, I said, that's a wonderful gesture. Um, uh, but basically this is stolen valor. I, uh, and I'm drunk. This is, and that's my problem. I, I didn't want, I wanted to make sure I was very clear. I was like, I, uh, never served because I'm a coward. I put it on, like I just came over the top. I said, but, um, I'm sure if you continue to do that, the men who actually served would, I got the business. I'm still getting the business from all the pickets. Quite a few of us went from the Chargers. It is all, I just kept getting, you know, women in red, white, and blue bikinis dancing, guys fighting in battle. Oh, how's it going, sir? Thank you for your service, <laughs> Army Ranger. Matt Money Smith here. I felt like the biggest, just. Oh, uh, I can't wait. It was to, it was terrible. I can't wait to talk to Daniel Jeremiah. About oh, he'll, yeah, he, you talk about someone who likes to give you the business. So, yes, it's beautiful as the salute to service stuff is and the great work that uh, it's it's or the great uh, fundraising that it's doing. You wear it out in public. Just be a little careful. You don't All get right. into this stolen valor People trap. People who serve this country in that manner, obviously, should be held in the highest uh, esteem little below that, but still worthy of praise. I, I have to say, as a side note, I, I was listening to the aforementioned Petros and Money show this week. And reminder, yes, they're very funny and it's worth to check it out um, on iHeartRadio or if you're in Los Angeles on AM 570. But legitimately, your conversation about the USC football program was was uh, dynamite stuff. Mm-hmm. It was really good. And the Cliff Dark Kingsbury- days. Well, but the Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury hire is it, I, I, it never occurred to me. It makes no sense whatsoever. I like him, it more than unless, Petros does. Yeah, but does he? But is is he now not going to go to an NFL team in a year? What's I didn't he? Why did he do it to himself? Unless he knows he's getting the USC gig in a year. I think there's you know what my understanding is, and and I'll credit Bruce Feldman, who's a great information man for Fox and the Athletic. Uh, What he said was he spent the weekend. You know those premature reports saying that he was signing with the USC uh, were exactly that because he wanted to spend the weekend reaching out or his agent talking to NFL teams and trying to figure out what might be out there for him in the offseason if he, in fact, was going to turn this down. So I'm guessing it wasn't what I thought it would be. I mean, I thought, you know, and, and I know Bill Barnwell over at ESPN mentioned this as well. I thought a team would hire him as their head coach. Be like, hey, whatever, you're 40 I, years old. That's what I'm saying. You, you, you develop quarterbacks. You run the offense. We'll bring in a seasoned defensive coordinator, pay him a million and a half, two million bucks a year, and it's the the Rams model. You know, we'll give you a crack at being a first-time NFL. Like, plus, he's a guy who spent time on an NFL staff before. You know, it's not like he's completely new to this. He was a quarterback under Bill Belichick, you know, when he was playing in the NFL. So 
I thought it made sense, but apparently that wasn't there. I don't get why that isn't the case. And and beyond that, though, I also appreciate, because it doesn't feel like blind cynicism from uh, from Petros, but that is how a, mom- a certain momentum builds behind these guys that are promised to be the next great offensive mind. And Petros pointed out some specific things. Anyway, the bottom line is you should listen to Thank Money's you. radio show as well and also to uh, Game Theory and Money here at NFL Media and listen to them on the Chargers and all that. Let's talk college football very quickly money uh are you happy with the way the uh the final four shook out there yeah yeah just because i want to see i want to see someone spread it out against you know either ohio state or oklahoma spread it out against alabama because that is what they struggle with and let's see if they can do something i i think you know look i get it notre dame deserves to be there they went undefeated but i think that's you know if you tell me i can have no sorry eddie if you tell me i can have notre dame or georgia in that spot i'm taking georgia and putting oh, them in that spot eddie and ken no. brown you should have heard them kibitzing back and forth yeah. to and fro oh I, I think notre dame i think it's close uh, i oh yeah i think notre i've said dame from is the start, a coin flip game coin There's, flip it's game. A coin, i mean i tweeted out or retweeted a bunch of like stats yesterday for like notre dame versus the top 25 and comparing to okay. clemson versus top 25 notre dame's stats are more impressive so we'll see it's I'm tough gonna, i'm gonna say this one more time it should have been ucf and that they, they get i think that the committee gets a um they they get a pass this time around because of the injury to UCF's best player. But if that does, so so it's like, ah, can we send them there with their backup QB in there and watch them get Alabama? Because then the UCF, the non-Power 5 undefeated teams going forward would say, you can't hold that as the standard because they didn't have their best player. But if you did have that, send... They'd lose by 70. Fine. And then that, and then and you then that have, ends it forever. That's it. Yeah. But as it is now, are they in the, are they in division one a, or are they not, or whatever they call it now, division one or whatever, but are they in that or not? They, I, they're I in that, say, they're I, in listen, that framework. They're I, undefeated. Send them there. They went undefeated. What, what the other teams lost the game. They have lost their right to claim uh, that they belong ahead of anybody. I think just go watch Mike Leach's presser. He's he's the best voice in That's all right. of college football. And yeah, they should have a playoff. There should be. It's crazy that they don't. I mean, I get it. It's a much more violent game than Division Two um, or Division Three who hold playoffs and asking guys to play for free and take on that additional risk by playing an extra two or three games. They'll never cut regular season games. They should cut it down to 11, cut it down to 10 uh, and play the playoff. But again, it's a money sport for these colleges and for the TV networks. And that they won't, but that's what it should it's be. It's the TV networks, and you can't convince me otherwise that it, it that it's based on football merit when they have this conversation about, well, listen, um, you know, LSU that 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 LSU was able to hang around in the conversation after getting whipped by Alabama is what is wrong with the approach. And if it's driven by television ratings or otherwise, or maybe it is football merit, you must remember, it's not in a vacuum. Is LSU better than Oklahoma, perhaps? Or is Ohio State better than UCF? Yes, they are. But that's the way that's the way sports work i mean why yeah. it's it it's not it's it, it is the same as i the um comparison i keep making is sorry seahawks or 49ers that you guys were in the same division and we're still the two best teams in the nfl that's the way the cookie crumbles that's how I, I, you played but ucf I'm, I'm sorry um uh, who's the one team I'm thinking about that uh, was in the conversation? Georgia. Ohio State. Oh, Georgia. Ohio I'm State. sorry. Yeah, Georgia. Yeah, Georgia. I'm sorry. That, uh, Space Georgia. This idea that Georgia, who... Yeah, they got whooped by LSU. 
we what? Well, what else do you need to know? I mean that. Well, but but do you think that they would? Uh, do you yeah, think same UCF, with Ohio State. They got do you think UCF would hang with them? No, that's not the that's not the conversation. I, I don't that's disagree, and that's the they, problem. With they only had having, their chance, and the they lost. You only have four slots. That's the problem. Is it's 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 hard to to when you only have four slots to put a team in there that based on their level of competition and how much easier it is to navigate that schedule than. Alabama, LSU, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Florida. It's there's no comparison. I know. So, and and I get what? it, which is why you should just go to eight teams. Sure, it's the same argument against LeBron. Le- LeBron haters like, oh, he just had to go through the Eastern Conference. Well, that's the way. Right. That's the way it is. I'm sorry that the Western Conference is better than the, the, the East. thing that I didn't like was that Georgia was ranked higher than Ohio State, which doesn't make any sense to me because it's just showing the the committee's SEC bias. A two loss team, and then you're going to take them over a conference. Jam. Well, but uh, but but again, also Ohio State is another one that I would hold up in the UCF argument. They lost by 29. They the lost Purdue. by they lost by four touchdowns right, to also, a, um, 500. I, I, I get that. I'm the, I'm no fan of Ohio State, but they've turned it on as of late, and they and they. Yeah, like, I mean, Haskins you flipped the switch. And now. became the best player in college football I over the last couple of weeks. Totally agree. And like they, they won the conference. Yeah. So you have to, like w- the committee hasn't shown like they don't they love the SEC, don't really value conference champions. They don't value two loss team because a two loss team hasn't made it yet. It's it's a weird system and I think like money's ultimately right. Like they're gonna need to have at least eight spots so you can include the conference champs, you can include the UCF type teams. So I think that's where we're headed. Not if, but when Matt Money Smith. Urban Meyer resurfaces as a head coach. I'll take a year off. Where does he? Where? Where is it? I I have a prediction for you after you give. What do you got? Answer. It's in the NFL. Ah. I don't know where, but I I I, I don't know what uh, what's uh, what team's going to get sideways between now and uh, the end of 2019. But I but I I bet you that's where he winds up. What what's what, what's the point of going to another college program? Yeah, I mean, at the well, I'll tell you, it's because of much like Nick Saban, what he's developed is he's mastered college football. He's mastered recruiting. He's got a system that works that clearly he, he every time, you know, his team walks off a bus, you feel like they have an advantage over 95 percent of their opponents. So I think that's why you stay. Yeah, but also college. if he the, the all the word is USC, that's where he's going to wind up. You see, they'll let Clay Helton go after this year and then it'll be herb. That's all the plan that's in the works. People, conspiracy theorists will tell you that uh, that the wheels are now in motion on that. I, I even USC or any program. I know a year later, the, the controversy will die down. But still, it's a bad look to hire him. It's one thing to defend the guy who has gotten into some wonky off the field stuff and to support your guy. It's another thing to go out of your way to say, yes, let's hire him. Let's begin to pay him. I think the NFL gets that, gets him off of that. And, um, you know, get some working with grown men. And by the way, his relationships are with uh, these, you know, NFL legend guys like Belichick. It kind of makes sense. Maybe. Ooh. Ooh. Josh McDaniels leaves. And now urban Meyer and Bill Belichick. He takes, that's my new prediction. Well I just walked into it. Urban Meyer takes over for Bill Belichick. Maybe as soon as February 4th, 2019, after Bill Belichick Another and Tom Super Bowl Brady champion. win a Super Bowl. Yeah. What about that? Pretty good. That's not a bad. That's not a good. bad. Uh, or do you think that is? Or are you patronizing me? No, no. I think it's pretty good. If you, good idea. Th- what a better way to go, right? You know, you're, and the you're reins of, to his friend Herb. They are close. I just don't feel like Bill Belichick's ready to stop coaching. Okay. I feel like that guy stops coaching. He drops dead a week later. 
<laughs> like, you know, that's just, that's his oxygen. <laughs> and what else is that guy going to do, right? Um, that leads us neatly then into um, to the Red Challenge flag All picks right. here. Let's jump from college into the pros like Urban Meyer's going to do in a couple of months, says Dave Damashek, uh just uh, 30 seconds before, if you weren't paying attention. We missed you at Pie Off, by the way. Man, I know. I desperately wanted to come, but that radio show thing, you know, delicious. prevented me from. Uh, it was a delicious. Was it? Was it? Uh, unusual. Was it? Was it a? Was it a courtesy championship? No. And why? She really had the best pie. Deeker, I, I mean, uh, Emma VP, are you getting a lot of this stuff too? A lot of it, yeah. And Everybody Deeker's thinks- concerned too. She wants to hold a press conference or something just to address. Some I think we rumors. better do that. Yeah. That's uh, you know what? Instead of uh, instead of throwing fuel on the fire, mm-hmm. let's let's get Deeker in here next week. Yeah. So what was her pie exactly? It was a um, looked a like a pecan. Car- or- it was a salted caramel yeah. pecan with a pretzel crust. Right. It was delicious. See, I'm not a pretzel guy. You would have been just fine. too much salt. It was really good. Well, you have to like the sweet and the salt. Which, yeah, combo, for me, which the I sweet love. savory thing, I don't get it. If I want something sweet, I want it to be sweet. Keep your salt for my main course. Have you put salt on the watermelon yet? It makes it sweeter. Well, I, I, I don't know why that is, but it does. I do like the tahini on the mango. I don't like that. That I'm a fan of. I don't like. I don't like. I don't like mango either. Ah, that is delicious. not going to be in the running for the Shecky Award. When's the last time you had a delicious mango with I, some spice on it? I had. I had mango by itself. I am not interested because of its texture. I don't understand why so many people out there feel it's their responsibility that it's their right. To, to, to muddy, to poison my Twitter feed with their terrible suggestions of mango for fruit of Maybe the year. Maybe you're too close-minded. I'm not. Maybe it's time to revisit the mango. I'm not closed-mouthed. I put Maybe it in my mouth and I didn't revisit. like it. When's the last time you had it? This year. This Come calendar on. year. Where'd you have it? I don't remember. I refuse to believe that you deny the mango. Like a your, man who has a palate like questioned. a refined palate like yours, who appreciates a good fruit, it's baffling to me that you it, would that you would Because it's a gross texture. It's not. It's like eating. It, you ever when you're scooping out the pumpkin last month? How much? That's what it reminds me of. How it's much like, different Bleh. is a mango than a than a pear? I don't like a pear either. Okay. I don't know why they call that the the uh, the fruit of kings. Oh, pear's the pear. delicious. Pear yeah. to me is a poor man's apple. Oh, That's what I call that. I would dis- I'll push back on that. It's mushy. Well, yeah. I don't it's like delicious. That. It's got a it's got a much more unique taste. Doesn't it's got a that flavor profile than got an that apple. Snap of an apple. I think I always think about the apple too. Imagine how exciting it was to be the first human being to see that to see that glorious deep red flesh uh, on the apple, and you think I and you bite into it, and then hidden beneath it, the snowy white sweetness. I mean, I feel like you know the bright red is probably something that was added, you know, by by the human element, you know, the little little GMO action. All right, you want to you want to be well, I mean, right? You want to correct me? I guess you it's just probably said more of a brown. You said you know, a pear. You said a pear is a, is more unique in flavor. There is there is no more. There are not shades of uniqueness. This the, the you know word, why. Uh, here we go. I'm glad you. I'm glad you. Unique walked, you walked, means you it walked, is one of a kind. There are not. The, you well, that's one right, of the most unique things I've ever heard. No, there's right not. They're not degrees of uniqueness. Yes. It's either unique that's or it what is you not. Just did. You Zero walked, sum. You walked right into it. You know. Go why? ahead. Because the apple is so imperfect that they have to keep coming up with these different strains of oh here's here's the Fuji here's the Golden Crisp here's because it's not good. It's not a good fruit, so they constantly keep coming up with, oh, a gala. Have you tried the gala yet? No, I don't like apples. Have you tried the Golden Delicious? 
I don't like apples. That's what it is. They're constantly coming up with new strains of apple to try to sell us on the apple, which isn't good. It's okay. And that's why there's so many of them. Okay. It's been a fun show. <laughs> You're really leaving? Uh, <laughs> he's just left. Let me, uh, where's his, can you play the Red Challenge flag All right, money, we're going to do Red Challenge All flag right. picks, just the three of us. There we go. <laughs> oh, he's coming back. Oh. He didn't let the, uh, he didn't let the door close. I do want to say as Sheck makes his way back in here, this will this will get him back into my good graces. It might as well have been a freaking college homecoming game in Pittsburgh uh, that Sunday. They were celebrating the 08 and I believe the 78? 78. Was, yeah, 78 and 08. So walking on the field, I see uh, Harrison with his kids. I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. And then as I'm walking off, I see Kiesel. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. And then I walk through the lobby to get to the press box, and there's Mean Joe Green. And wait a minute, that's Franco Harris. I was like, what the hell's going on here? Those two guys, for advanced in age as they are, you want to talk about a very regal presence. And Franco still stands tall. He's got great posture, that barrel chest, strutting through the lobby with his my, sweater on. My biological father. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, I got to talk with him at the Super Bowl. Um, yeah, he he was great there. And they, yeah, they're these legends. And, you know, they're they really are pseudo royalty on the banks of the three rivers. So many of those guys make their homes there once they retire. The guy who is the most like what you're describing is Mel Blunt. Mel Blunt is a 70 year old man. Yeah. And, you, and we use a, he looks like he could play. Mel Blunt looks like he could go play. <laughs> he does. He's super fit and he's a giant too. He's six, three, six, four. That's an NFL cornerback. That's crazy. Crazy. Um, but uh, despite your best efforts there, no, you did not work yourself back into my good graces. And in fact, I, <laughs> I thought I, I did there for a second. Well, you got excited about I don't know the what's going to happen in the next fortnight. That's going to change this. We can, we, I, I don't like to make, I don't like to render final verdicts where the Shecky, uh, the Shecky awards. You can't do that. You can't but do that. I feel like put it in pencil, at least I'm a VP. Matt Money Smith does not make it to candidacy for best non-football playing guest. That's not okay. Well, I mean, you know what? What's a man's not allowed okay? to have an opinion. It's the disparage. The I listen. A I like man's to have allowed fun. to have his opinion. I like to debate things. You, I like you to do. have these conversations. Hey, what is, look to your right. You go look to your right. What does it say right there? No jive. All right. So if I'm willing to go no jive on the apple recognizing that it may cost me a check, you ought to embrace you, rule number you one. You demand respect. For disparaging my beloved Apple. I'm following rule number one in Studio 66. No jive. And okay. that is my position on the Apple. All That's right. all. Either, I, either you're going to. I'll gonna... consider it in my quarters upon <laughs> the show's completion. He should still be up for Shock Republic's you know, Choice Award. Oh, with the, the, the fan people vote? have their say. The right. I, I, I'd love that. Yeah, fans <laughs> don't like me. Put him on I the chopping block for that one. That's not going to help me out. People much. will not like that. He talked bad about an Apple. Well, that's not the reason why. I think they just did general distaste for me <laughs> beyond the apple. He's a pear lover, everybody. <laughs> See, he's not that great. Can talk about whatever he wants to talk about. Has that voice. But he thinks a pear is better than an apple. It See, I'm no one's money. The See? Apple. No, yeah, you right, do Eddie. it. And so is Emma. The Emma's apple, with me, too. The apple no, needs the aid. Apples of, are, I love apples. You love it apples. It needs All the right. aid of like well, peanut butter It's a 2v2. Where's Pet Brown's mom? What does she think? 
Well, that's a good question. We should send her. We should give her like 25 questions, and she calls in every day. With the Sort of like those. What are those called? Those advent Advent calendars, calendars, yeah. That would be great. We should get her to like, we should send her in the run-up to Christmas a question that she answers each day, and we play one. Great idea. Before uh, before each uh, day before Christmas. Oh, hey, Kent. All right. (laughs) Hey, Kent. Mangoes are weird. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay. All right. Don't call me. I'm going to hear about him on the news now. Uh, all right. Let's get to it. The red is a beautiful apple. Red challenge flag picks. Red challenge flag picks. Did you know, Money, that for Bill Burr, I don't know if you noticed this about uh, Spaghetti back there, but, you know, he always wears his hat. He always wears one of his. Yeah, backwards stupid, cap. Stupid ranger. He dressed hat. up today. He, look, he, look, he did. He did his hair for uh, Bill Burr. Did his hair. He's he got a nice button down on. Bill Burr. <laughs> <laughs> MVP, what do you think about that? That's absurd. <laughs> that is a, that's perfectly put. Perfectly I've, put. I've done my hair a few times this week. It's Thursday. I've done it tw- twice this week. Emma VP, if mm-hmm. Tina Fey were coming into studio, would you do anything different? Uh, no, I wouldn't do anything different. I'd be nervous. I wouldn't dress differently. No, you wouldn't. Dress I wouldn't change my appearance to. <laughs> I'm wearing a long sleeve shirt because it's cold and rainy, and I did my hair because I this outfit doesn't go with a hat, and my hair without doing it looks doesn't go with stupid. <laughs> yes, usually you're you're clearly a slave to fashion. Yeah, so I'm that's tie this hat that in story with my checks out. <laughs> All right, let's go to uh, Arrowhead Stadium for our first game: the Baltimore Ravens, the Kansas City Chiefs. Let's jump right into it, shall we, Money? Yep. Choose. Going Chiefs. Ah, I want to go Chiefs Ravens, too. too. I, I mean, listen, I, not just because the de- I mean, the, yeah, the defense is bad, but I also think that um, Lamar Jackson practically, I mean, I, I always apply this measure and it and it doesn't always check You've out been on but, this for a while, by the way, the Lamar Jackson thing. Well, yeah, I, I, I mean, I'll I give think you credit for that. They should have been doing, uh, you know, when they drafted him, the, the notion that they couldn't um, that they weren't equipped in the building among the coaching staff to create an offense that works for Lamar Jackson because the offense is so built around Joe Flacco felt weird from the from the get go that well then why did you draft Lamar Jackson it was a, it, and this sets up for a super weird final month of the Joe Flacco era in Baltimore don't you think well the weird thing is like by some metrics and by metrics I mean the throwing of the football, <laughs> Flacco's the better quarterback. I mean, Lamar has still been wildly inaccurate yeah. throwing. So I think it's like legitimately a tough call, you know, for for John Harbaugh because it's uh, obviously all the players want to keep playing with Lamar. I mean, he's got that that it factor to him, right? When he's out there, you just he brings some juice, you know. And at the same time, when you watch. You know, those games, it's like, okay, missed that open guy. But that one too tight of a window, and he missed it by about five yards. And, oh, yep, there's another incompletion. I mean, it's – Except that it's Joe Flacco. It's I not, hear you. It's, it's not I, – I, But I think that's tough. It's like, can we really win a playoff game with a guy who's completing like 45% of his passes? And is that inaccurate? As good as our defense is – do we really think we can get out with a playoff victory with that guy throwing the football right now? Do you think where does Joe Flacco? What's interesting is my uh, the thing I said three, four years ago is, uh, you know, in a world of seven billion people, why can't we find 32 humans to successfully play quarterback? If you look at it, about like 30 teams have it figured out now. 28 to 30. Where's Joe Flacco an upgrade in the NFL right now for or between now and the start of next season? I think it's fair. 
that's why I said it. it's such a weird, you know, it's I know, not I like know. you've got a guy who's super accurate that you can throw back there that's going to put darts, you know, on some short routes, keep a team honest, run the ball, play great defense. You know, Flacco's not that great either. You know, no, I know. And, and that, it's, but it's I, a weird situation. But I think also with Lamar Jackson that what he um, – what he practically gives you if he takes care of the ball a little bit is uh, that, you know, if he's running around more than they're slinging it around, trying to shoot it out with the chiefs, which seems like a bizarre uh, uh, notion for the Baltimore Ravens to attempt that in December, based on the way they play. Of course, they want to just spin the clock as much as possible and keep the ball away from Mahomes and company. I think that Lamar Jackson obviously gives them a better chance. Yeah, to I agree do that, but I, I um, agree. And look, that's what I would do if I were John Harbaugh, I'd keep him. I would keep him in there, but I don't think it's as easy as people may think it is just because there's so little in the passing. I think the Chiefs must feel a little spooked right now. I think the Ravens really have a chance to win so do this I. game. I think they must be thinking, what happened? We almost lost to the Raiders? Uh-oh, is this I'm, happening I'm again? There are human beings you. in there, by the way. And we have not seen Pat Mahomes get knocked around yet. You know, really get knocked around yet. And, they, and that is, and having talked to Ravens, and Pittsburgh Steelers, and that's why that rivalry is a side note, is uh, is so good is because they are mirror images of one another and they approach things on so many different levels in the same way. And both teams defensively agree on one thing. You got a QB who wants to run it around, hit him as hard as you can, as early as you can, and keep on doing it because it will break his right. will. And I've I mean, in that Super Bowl, when the Ravens did that, who's going to stop? Well, nobody's going to stop Colin Kaepernick in that offense. They're just going to run through him. And uh, he hit him in the chops a couple times. They banged him early, and he went away from that yep. until the second half. And and really, that game was more about that they started. Uh, he started pushing it to Vernon Davis. Anyway, I'm going down a rabbit hole uh, with that stuff. I'll take the Chiefs, but man, and if they and by I'm the way, you. Steelers fans. You see that you better be paying attention to that one because your rooting juju is going to matter in that one because the Ravens go into KC and win that one. Steelers are in real peril of uh, making the playoffs. Okay. The Colts looked like they were tracking towards the playoffs. And but then, uh, ooh. Yeah. Grotesquery in uh, in Duval County for the Colts fan down there. Now they're going into a team that hasn't lost in a couple of months. Matt Money Smith, Colts, Texans, choose. I'm going to take the Colts. Ooh, I'll throw it. You know go. what? I missed you, but I because right. I wasn't ready to throw it. But because uh, you didn't think I was going to take the Colts, because it's kind of a crazy. Play. No, I forgot. I forgot that I was taking the Texans. Is, uh, ah, is why I did okay. that. Um, yeah, I love the matchup. Like you mentioned earlier, there. What's been a a, a a major evolution in one season is the quality of the Colts' offensive line and keeping Andrew Luck pretty clean throughout the season here. Um, I, I, I think ultimately the, the Texans defense is, uh, will, will, uh, will change that to me. It's their, it, to me, it's, you know, the, their strength is their defensive line. Obviously, and I look, the back end of the defense has gotten a lot better. And, and Teron Matthew has been great. Um, Tyron Matthew, um, has been great and a great addition, but it's strength versus strength. You know, if you can limit that defensive line to a point where they got to start blitzing, it changes everything for them. Um, and I think that offensive line is good enough to do that. I wish Marlon Mack were healthy. I think that bode a lot better for the Colts. But 
if he's got, you know, if, if Andrew Luck has time to pass, I, I, I look at kind of their opponents and you think of, they should have won the game in Indy. You know, Frank Reich, I don't know what he was, but whatever, that's all the yeah, way I thought that was four. the right thing. And I think it galvanized. I think it's the rare instance where both teams were galvanized at that very moment by Frank Reich's decision. They both kind of took yeah, it. Yeah, because they won that game. They haven't lost since, you know, and now it very well could end up keeping one of them out of the playoffs and putting one of them in. Um, but you just look at how tight the games have been against quality opponents for the Texans. Agree about Cowboys that. Cowboys went to overtime. Uh, the Denver game at Denver was a two-pointer. It was a close one in, in you know against the Redskins. So I just think this is a, it's a good indie team, and I just envision them coming out in the last five minutes and, and getting that go-ahead score. I'm with you, and I guess the uh, X factor in this one is the uh, continually improving play of Deshaun Watson. Um, and he's getting better and better to the point that I'm starting to think that he would be unfazed by having even to go into Foxborough for a big game in January. I think he's that level of different. Yeah, he's maker. been playing great. Um, this is basically, well, and I was going to say if the Eagles win this one, I guess they don't uh, necessarily win the division, but the Cowboys have been playing really well. A grand rivalry, if there ever was one, Eagles, Cowboys, Matt Money Smith, choose. I'll take the Cowboys. I'm going to, I don't want to take the Eagles, but I, I, I feel like oh. I'm on that train. I've been saying that they're going to um, get it going and they're ultimately going to win it. And this is just self-validation, but, uh, I, but I, I can see the Cowboys yeah. certainly. This, to me, this is the beginning of their end. Uh, after this game, they have to go to the Rams. After that, they have to host the Texans. It's a tough schedule uh, for the Eagles and they have no secondary. They've got no secondary left I mean why does nobody talk about Dak Prescott I feel like he was on a Sunday night game or two early in the season and it was decreed by Chris Collinsworth that he is not an NFL level quarterback or he wasn't playing uh like that at least at the time but I think that that's the yeah the offensive line is uh is uh rugged and Zeke Elliott is uh breaking souls and uh, uh Tank Lawrence is the least celebrated I think it's fair and I know we talk about um the guys who have been in studio 66 and who um who've been on the show in the past so maybe i'm a little more aware of tank lawrence's effort and the lack of celebration around it but to what is that owed it is weird isn't it he is he's been great for a few years and he's having his best year yet why is he on america's team not a much bigger star um i think because the numbers aren't great and it's a passing league and you're talking about Pat Mahomes and Drew Brees and Jared Goff and these guys, you know, Ben Roethlisberger throwing for 450 yards. And that's just not his stat line. So I think because you can't describe it in, in, in through that prism, you just don't really think about any other quarterbacks. Well, how many yards did he throw for six? Oh, I'm sorry. Like no, that? I moved on to Tank Lawrence. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm on Tank I was Lawrence. on Dak still. I'm sorry. No, that's was, fine. No, I think that's I was a, going to the Dak Prescott. I think that's why that the 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 Dak Prescott thing, he's not oh, celebrating. Oh, I got you. I was, I was wondering, like, yeah, but yeah, but Tank Lawrence so, is another guy who I feel like. And by the way, another guy who's getting a ton of buzz now is Leighton Van Oh, yeah. Is, uh, and a lot of that's a product of Lawrence, you know, and what he's able to do up front, freeing him to fly around and use his athleticism to make all of those tackles but the, the one thing I just want to add and, and I probably missed you because I was trying to look up no, the no. stat I should have had it ready the Eagles allow five yards per rush hmm. so not only do you have a secondary that is I think on their fifth or sixth corner but they're allowing five I've yards never done this carry. before in the red challenge flag picks well I've done it a couple or a few times I'm changing my pick it's the Cowboys now money has convinced me 
That's right. I think that's the way it's going to yeah. go. You're it's, right about that. When you got Zeke back there, who's going to be the best player on the field, and you've got a defense that has been bad against the run and a secondary that on play action is going to get victimized because they just don't have any bodies Are left. you calling them a Super Bowl contender at this point, the Cowboys? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think they can keep up with the Rams or Saints. I, I would. I could never imagine that. Yeah, Was I too serious Saints. about that? Is that why you're no, laughing? No, they Was beat like, the Saints. Oh, it pains me to answer this. No, they, they took me. down the Saints. No, well, I, uh, Emma, when you asked that, Emma just goes, no. Just oh, like that. Okay. I said she should have chimed in. That would have been really funny. No, what? <laughs> They're not going to the Super Bowl. No. Like, to me, I know no. they took down the Saints. That was such an outlier game. Such a completely weird look. Nothing like the rest of the Saints games from the season. And I just don't think the Dallas defense is or, that dominant. Or is it, as every football player will tell you, it's turning now. The weird the weird thing that uh, people always get hot is, at the right time. Well, no, the defenses are starting to rise back up. I, the thing that it's always been attributed to is uh, it gets colder outside. It's like, well, I don't know if you've noticed, but uh, all, so many of these teams are either in warm uh, climates or they play under a dome. I don't think it's the weather that's impacting this, but I do think that there is something too that offenses have all, have all laid out everything that they got, everything they came up with in the off season. It's all on film. Now there's nothing new say outside of maybe what Josh McDaniels has cooking we now have all available film on what you like to do and the defenses start to in the second half of the season this season and any other that's why the defenses tend to round the cliche defense travels and you know the Saints can't pack their offense up and bring it in to take on one of the top defensive teams in the league but Dallas could pack up that defense and take it anywhere you want yeah I guess that makes sense I mean maybe they are a little bit more of a contender I just I don't know I I really struggle to think that they could you know use that defense and that dominant running game with with Elliott to to knock off one of those two teams on their own field you know because they would have to go to New Orleans or go to LA and I just I don't know I struggle to to imagine that all right well let's talk about another uh, you know I almost I almost just said Bears defense first and maybe that is the headline but uh, if you ain't paying attention and maybe it's because of a couple of individual week explosions but the the uh, Bears do rank in the top scoring offenses in the top five in the NFL which is uh, a tribute to uh, to what Nagy's put together there. There was a lot of cynicism of when he first took that gig, but I guess the results speak for themselves as they uh, as they are riding. High. Nobody picked the Bears to win that division, and I said they weren't even going to the playoffs. So shame on me. Now they face their toughest test: the L.A. Rams with Dieter Brock coming in. Oh no, 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 was, Jared Goff. That was eighty-five. Yeah, right. That was the, the nineteen nothing. Right? Was that game? If I remember right. Yeah, that's right. Dieter Brock. Yeah. There, I mean, I, don't get me going on the 85 Bears. They were great, but they were a little overrated because they didn't really. Who did they, they played Dieter Brock in the NFC title game. Then they played. They had Dieters. Jim Everett. Then they played. If the Rams had had Jim Everett by that point, would have yeah. been a different deal. That's what Eric Dickerson always says, who's a friend of our show and comes on all the time. And he always prefaces it, you know, with that. And I can't do the Eric Dickerson Texas slang. It's so fun the way he tells it. But he'll just be, I'll try. Man, we had Dieter Brock. We had Dieter Brock. <laughs> and I don't mean to offend Dieter Brock. <laughs> That'll be his follow-up statement. But he's like, man, we had Dieter. He goes, do you have any idea how much better we would have been if I just had Jim Everett back there? If we had just the tiniest threat of a passing game, what we would have been able to do as a team with that defense, with me running the ball, with that offensive line, anchored by Jackie Slater, what we could have done if we had just had someone who could 
kind of throw a football. He goes, Dieter Brock you know, couldn't see. You know who did have a, a guy who could kind of throw the football? The, the Dolphins. Miami Dolphins. And if the Dolphins would have survived, yeah. talk, spoiler alert, brought that up to Bill Burr. If they would have gone to that Super Bowl, they would have the beaten, beaten them in that uh, in that dome on the fast track. Um, anywho, to I'm the here the and now, the Rams, you're taking the, taking Rams. the Rams. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Eh. They're just the better team. I guess so. I, look, and I know they struggled against a Detroit, well, not even Detroit defense. They struggled against Ziggy Ansah, and now you get Khalil Mack and that whole defensive front and Hicks and everybody else up front, Leonard Floyd, and it's going to be tough, no question. I think, you know what, this is this is going to be closer than people think. I don't think the Rams are going to run them off the field. I think this is a good peek into, oh, it's a system. It's not the players. It's it's just Sean McVay and his play calling. This is, this is going to be a game where the players have to win. Those mm. offensive linemen are going to have to control the line of scrimmage. Todd Gurley's going to have to run the ball effectively because I don't think this is a Jared Goff throws it all over the yard kind of game. I just don't envision that on Sunday night in that weather. He's going to take some It's going to be cold. It's going to be cold. He's going to be taking hits from because they're going to get to him. There's just, you know, as good as the O-line's been, they are going to get to him. And I can't – he's not like – going back to our conversation about Philip Rivers. He is not someone who has that clock in it. He's just not old enough yet. He hasn't been around long enough. Um, so I think he's going to take some licks and this is going to have to be a win, win the battle at the line of scrimmage. Todd Gurley's going to have to be able to get to the second level, you know, shake some tacklers and win this game 21 to 18, I think is how it's going to look. This is also a big game for my preseason prediction. Rams and Chargers in Super Bowl 53. I think the Chargers are taking care of their side of things, but the Rams, if they can vanquish this Bears team on the road, I think they solidify. Yeah, they'll end up with the number one seed, and right. that changes I, everything for yeah. them, I think. Um, lastly, the Vikings, Seahawks in the clink. Choose, Dave. I will choose the Minnesota Vikings. I knew you would yeah. take the, I knew you were gonna take the Hawks. Explain why you're taking Seattle. Just playing great. Playing really, really good. I thought, see, when I went back and looked after this little win streak, I thought maybe Russell Wilson was running around a little bit more. He's on pace. I've mentioned it here on the pod uh, to not only rush for the fewest times in any season in his career, but by like 40 rushes. Yeah. Right. Um, and he hasn't changed that. What they're doing is they recognize their offensive line struggles to pass block. They're really good at run blocking and they're pounding the football. And now you're seeing a healthy, um, a healthy KJ Wright, healthy Bobby Wagner, Bobby Wagner's best linebacker in football. I know we can celebrate Luke Keekley and, you know, Leighton Van Der Esch has got a lot of people all excited, but Bobby Wagner is ridiculous. The athleticism between those two guys to go sideline to sideline and erase anything that gets by that defensive defensive front. And that defensive front is underrated. Clark might be the best pass rusher that nobody talks about mm. in the NFL. And Jaron Reed has really kind of come on now. So I think it's not like it's Legion of Boom part two, but it's a really good defense um, combined with a pretty darn good run game and just enough you know, pass blocking where Russell Wilson can do his pirouettes and extend plays and get the ball downfield to Doug Baldwin, David Moore, and, and Tyler Lockett, where I'm a big, but I think it's one of the more dangerous teams in the NFC. And I think as a wild card, I, they're going to knock somebody it's off. It's always worth, and when it and when it is not as explosive, it's easy to take the explosive side of things. That uh, the, the way the Cowboys are playing now and the Seahawks and these teams that we're talking about running the ball, I feel like it, it does matter. It, it's feels like an illusion. Well, it can't be true. They're going to get whipped. The Chiefs have whipped everybody all year. I don't know exactly what the reason is for it, but the teams that 
can grind you like that do figure more prominently at the end of the season and into the playoffs. Um, and by the way, the that being thing- said, I think the Vikings are going to play that exact style. I think they, I don't know if it was fan influence or otherwise, but I, or if it will be or not. But DeFilippo and company, I bet you they're going to give it to uh, Dalvin Cook and uh, Latavius Murray a little bit more. Than they're going to have to because, um, you know, it look fair or not. Big games, Kirk Cousins just doesn't have a great record in him. You know, he just does not. And it, it's it, is it unfair? Maybe. But that's the deal. Well, His- Maurice floated the idea the other day that they that they have to throw the ball. I mean, this kind of business. But Maurice really is savvy about the business side of things. He said they can't pay him that kind of money and then let him be a game manager right. and run the offense for Dalvin Cook. They have to. I can't imagine, though, that the owners are blowing in a call down to, uh, down to Mike Zimmer. Like, hey, you got to have uh, Zimmer. Th- I mean, you got to have right. uh, Cousins throw the ball. How about we just that- win the game? Yeah. I, I and, that's, and by the way, that's the way you beat the, the Seahawks is you attack that secondary. It's hard to run against them. Um, it, it is. So they're going to have to throw. But that doesn't necessarily mean he's got to throw it downfield to Stephon Diggs and, and Adam Thielen. He can throw it into the flat to Dalvin Cook and, and get it that way. Um, it was, if I remember right, it was a big Melvin Gordon game, uh, an Austin Eckler game, I think, for the for the Chargers. And that's how they attacked him, just right kind of those short passes um, on the edges and, and got going after It's them. It's one of those things, man. It's one of those weird, it's unsatisfying to me at least, that that is when, when people talk about, you got to have the quarterback, got to have the left tackle, got to have a shutdown corner and all that. The thing you have to have in 2018 is informed by James White's uh, New England Patriots is you need the shifty back who runs those uh, those choice routes out of the backfield for you. And and, and yep. th- th- if you can effectively do that, if you have the guy back there who can do that um you can win a lot of games it seems like all of a sudden if it by by mimicking what uh, the patriots uh, came up with and i say that and i look down and oh yeah there they are the seattle seahawks dead last in yards per attempt (laughs) rushing so uh yeah just go ahead i'm uh gonna say uh, forget about all that all right a minute ago on uh, you you, uh million dollar man kirk cousins this one uh, decides that otherwise you might end up missing the playoffs even who knows all right uh the great matt money smith everybody hey mvp before we go should we throw two because uh david carr was awesome and james white was awesome on the show do you want to get that in or James White. I'm sorry. James Jones. Yes. He's got James the Patriots on the brain. He's already thinking about the postseason. Um, I, I assume nothing about the postseason. Oh, you got a regular season matchup against him still. Oh, yeah. Two That's weeks right. Away. Yeah. Just a couple weeks. I mean, a couple Sundays away. Uh, yeah. Why don't we do that? Because it was really interesting stuff uh, from our guy, David Carr. And let's listen back to some of uh, the conclusions he reached about Derek Carr and the Raiders and uh, and well beyond all that stuff. Here comes David Carr. In the meantime, uh, a uh, a farewell to the great Matt Money Smith again. Appreciate game it. theory and money, uh, right. Petros and money. You get you you just you, buy a pair. That's all I ask. You didn't buy yourself a pair. Buy yourself a nice holiday pair. That's I'm how you can not, thank no. me. I won't do it in a mango. I won't assault anybody. Oh, that's I'm bringing it in next time. You still haven't even hooked up the bidet I bought you. I buy you gifts. And you, what do you do? You thumb your nose at me. I'm going to bring in some pears next time, some nice Bartlett pears. I'm a bad guy. I, you know what? I really am. <laughs> I'm, I'm not like a criminal. I shouldn't be in jail. Trying to clean your bum for you. I know. All these things I've, I try to do for you. I've been, I've been dealing with that lately. <laughs> I'm not, like I say, I'm not a felon. You know, I don't think I belong behind bars or anything, but it wouldn't be the worst idea to remove me from society. You know, let me live on an <laughs> island with a TV. You know, then I just, I'll, I'll watch it. Apples. Then I won't, then I won't bother a nice anybody. apple tree. 
It's like, you know, you know we get it, Dave. We, we get it. It's, it's, more, it's been more than enough, and it has been for quite some time. All right, we'll be back after week 14 uh, to review it all for you. In the meantime, for Matt Money Smith, Eddie Spaghetti behind the glass with his fancy hairdo, Emma VP also back there, Kent Brown for hooking us up with uh, Bill Burr and all that. Here comes David Carr. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you on the other side of NFL action. It's been a thin slice of heaven. Oh, yeah. You're listening to Dave Damashek. All right, it's time for the week 13 exit interview. And also, we'll look ahead and project week 14 with our main man. Today, we're doing it al fresco. We're outside the office with our guy, David Carr. What's the poop? How are we? It's nice out here, actually. It is. It's nice. If you want to smoke, too, feel free. Well, I was going to say fresh air, but not really fresh air because of where we're at. How many so, packs do you go through daily? I mean, I don't know. Are you talking about, like, Big League Chew? Or are you talking about, like, really? Yes. Big League, yeah. Of course. One, one or two. Grape. I remember. Only grape. No, no. See, that's uh, where you just yeah. lost me there. I'm from Bakersfield. We only grape there. We were about to agree on some things. All right, let's talk about this, David Carr. How was your Thanksgiving, by the way? It was fantastic. Good. Yeah, glad really to hear good. that. Yeah, glad and yours? to hear that. Delicious. It was yeah. great. Yeah, a lot of pie. More, more dessert. I in holidays, I'm always for the desserts. I don't yeah. even really care about the other stuff. You missed pie off seven. Maybe I did. You can make it to pie off eight. I did. I heard it was good. It was very good. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. Deeker, you know. Once again, she's you know, pretty solid. She's the Al Davis of pie off. For That's a what reason, Willie's you know? all about her pies. Yeah. He loves her pies. Yeah. So yeah, her his last second uh, testimonial almost caused me to go a different direction. I didn't appreciate that. Oh, you she didn't brings like in it? muscle to try and intimidate me. In the Did you feel like that's what that was? I, that's exactly what it was. What else Willie's, was it? Willie's pretty, he's a teddy bear, though, you know? He's got to kind of, I think you just see his size and you kind of just. Do you think just, maybe I could take Willie McGinnis in a fight? I mean, he's been, he's played a long time. He's got some, probably some knee issues. Yeah. A little hip issue. If you did a couple circles around him, I think you'd be Technique. okay. Technique. That's what wins, right? Yeah. Especially, Low man I wins. Mean, you look at the guy, there's no way you're going to go mass for mass with him. So you got to. You got to kind of out strategize him. That's what they always say. Just don't let Damashek get his hands on you. You know, I hear that a lot. Fight over. Yeah. You know? <laughs> right. Hey, uh, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, it seems like I mean, well, I don't know. This story has become. Uh, it's almost more. Um, not just that Mike McCarthy was let go because they weren't having a good season. It, it's taken on this thing of, yeah, Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy just didn't like each other and have yeah. it for a long time. And so Aaron Rodgers purged him. Many different questions about this. First of all, Jeff Saturday has said he was with them briefly, of course, at the tail end of his career. And he uh -huh. said Aaron Rodgers used to roll his eyes at play calls coming in from the sideline, change the play. First of all, why is that a surprise? Don't, don't yeah, all no, NFL QBs saying, constantly change uh, guilty. plays? Uh, everybody has done that. So I don't, I mean, yeah, that happens. I mean, when you're, when you're the player that Aaron Rodgers is, you're going to have a certain, all quarterbacks feel like they have a better play call than the one that's sent in. I mean, and it really is, if you think about it, it's just the way it is. Like, they're guessing what might work. When I get to the line of scrimmage, I can tell you based on what they've aligned in what's going to work. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I feel like I'm going to do a better job with line of scrimmage than he is guessing. What percentage of uh, calls does a quarterback change over the course of a game? How, how big a range is it? Does it a rookie just always take what comes in? It's like a child. It depends on how much freedom you give them. You know, like it's the same thing. If, you, if you're an offensive coordinator that's going to give me a lot of freedom and when I change a play and it works, or even if I actually the most telling thing is when I change a play and it doesn't necessarily work, how do you react? to that 
you hmm. know, and if you react with, oh, well, at least you had a good thought process you were going through, then it's all hands on. I mean, it's a, it's, it's a free deal. Like I can change anything at that point. So you got to have to be, you got to be careful with quarterbacks and how much freedom you give them. You almost have to, if they do something, they check a play, you almost got to go a little bit overboard on your reaction and make sure they know that this is not okay. And, but I think that at one point McCarthy probably just said, yeah, it's fine, Aaron. Yeah. If you saw what you saw, you know, then now it's been, it's kind of, but take, well, over. take a guess who, do, who does it the most in the league that you, from what you can tell. Well, Brady does, Brady does it the most. He calls, he has 20 years of play calls that he goes to, um, at any moment in the game. So I think that he does it the most, the most experienced veteran quarterbacks are the guys that are going to do it the most. I think that that's just like Philip Rivers does a, little, a lot of checking at the line of scrimmage. Um, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers does a lot of checking at the line of scrimmage. And I think McCarthy's kind of allowed it to happen. Do you think that the incoming coach, so you hear this report and like I say, it's sort of plays like I don't know how much veracity ultimately there is to this that well Aaron Rodgers and McCarthy just didn't get along but would you be a little nervous taking the gig would you have to that uh, Mark Murphy has said Aaron Rodgers has no say in who gets hired which I find he's crazy I mean that's what he tells us Right, but I mean, yeah. obviously, they're going to ask Aaron, Aaron Rodgers to be has, cool with yeah. this guy, right? Aaron Rodgers is the reason McCarthy's not there anymore. Right. So, right. would you so be nervous you, about taking the gig? If you yeah, were? yeah, I think so. I, I, I mean, it is interesting because I, I hear I hear different things. I hear guys that have played with Aaron and um, that that know him really well, and he's actually a guy that wants pretty basic stuff from an offensive coordinator he just give me a base play concept and I'm going to make it dynamic like and that makes sense because if you watch Aaron the way he plays it's always been above and beyond the X's and O's like he always wants to do that extra stuff buys time in the pocket moves around and if you start doing too much and you do the shifts and the motions and you kind of try and create offense for him it takes away from his creative ability and I think that when, when you look at it from who do you bring in you have to bring a guy in that he's automatically going to respect as a play caller I think a one guy stands out. I know Josh McDaniels. All right, you say what you want about his time as a head coach, but he respects Tom Brady. You hear Aaron talk about Brady and what he's done. He's taken, he's kind of made, you know, taken his pattern of how he's kind of longevity wise, and he's kind of developed that. But I also think that that offense would be great because it's, it allows Aaron to do a lot of the line of scrimmage, a lot of audibles, line of scrimmage, but it still gives him the freedom to create inside that offense. So, and it's not going to just hamstring you with like, you know, okay, we're running this based on this look, no matter what. Now you have a full, you know, a full gamut of what you can go to. So like we've talked about though, here's what will, that it would be interesting if that happened because Tom Brady earlier this year said, if, if Aaron Rodgers were in this offense, he'd throw for 6,000 yards, exactly. which I consider to be a passive aggressive dig at I Aaron Rodgers. I agree with you actually. Yes. A hundred percent. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. Like that's not a compliment no. to Aaron Rodgers no, it's not. the way many people have read that. No, right? I agree with you. I agree. Brady is, Brady's, uh, Brady's very confident in his Oh, abilities. is that all you put up in green Bay with Josh McDaniels? <laughs> oh, oh. Yeah, I guess weird. I was wrong. You were I supposed guess. to throw for 6,000 yards. I I guess I'm, I'm the only Disappointing. one that can do that. They're, they're, yeah. And people call you my equal. Right. Aaron, keep yeah, trying, Not so friend. fast. By the way, 100%. let's let's jump then to the Patriots, the rise of the Patriots. I really did think two weeks ago, I have not been one of these people over the last five, six years who has decreed it's over for the Patriots. I've heard it's that done. before. Yeah. Everybody does that almost every year. A yeah. lot of people do that. I did think for real two weeks ago, I really thought, you know what? I thought that was it. With the Tennessee, the performance in Tennessee, yeah, I I really did think, wow, this deep in the season getting housed like that, yeah. this is bad. And Tom Brady can't just obscure the other flaws. Yet here they are once oh, yeah. again, and I, it leads me to this: 
for at least the last couple of years, people have said, well, the NFC is clearly vastly superior to the AFC. Is that now over? Is the AFC now, in fact, the better conference? I, I think that I think the AFC, I think the AFC is the better conference. Think about it, yeah. Patriots. No, you really, Chargers, Chiefs, and they're and they're Texans. lining up like, and that's that's the thing about the Patriots is like people say, oh, they're they're gone, it's over. Like they have they have big picture in mind. They don't start the season ever thinking, oh, we just got to make sure we're you know eight and four by the twelve week point. Like they don't they don't care about that. They want to be playing their best football. Like they've been gearing up. We watched just what they've done with Sony Michelle all year. Mm-hmm. They hold him out early, make sure he's healthy. Then he gets nicked kind of during the middle of the season. We're gonna hold you out a little bit more. I don't care if we lose a couple or if we look bad. We're going to gear up to what we think is going to be winning football on the teams that we have to beat, and we're going to be ready for them. Is there anything to – I keep talking about this, and Tom Curran in Boston, the the columnist, of course, a long time up there, um, pushes back and says – insinuates, you know, it's lazy to to say that the Patriots are only where they are because they're in the AFC East. But doesn't it, in fact, as opposed to the Ravens who have to consider winning their division and therefore have to build their roster on some level to compete in the AFC North – the Patriots have the luxury of never worrying about never that worry and about just that. building a roster to go into January. I think it's Fair a, enough. It's a great point. Absolutely. And that's exactly kind of what I was alluding to is that they are gearing up to win the Super Bowl. They find out who. All right. So let's look at the Chiefs. We've already beat them. We know how to beat them. What's what's the best um, group of guys that we can put on the field to beat these football teams, to beat Pittsburgh? What do we have to do to beat Pittsburgh? They don't have to worry about the Dolphins and the Jets. And like, they don't care. They, they, maybe they'll lose a game or two to those guys every year just on a fluke. I know playing Miami is difficult, whatever. They're worried about winning the Super Bowl. And when you look at how they have set themselves up to this point, that's exactly what they're doing. They could care less about I mean, They lost the Tennessee Titans. But, I mean, it's Mike Vrabel. I mean, the guy was in their building for a decade. So he's going to have some some secrets. You know, he's going to have ways to get after guys and stop things. So I'm not really saying that. you got to have the personnel that Tennessee does. And you have to have the, the you know, the inside, the behind-the-ropes type stuff that no one else is going to have. So we it's going to be tough. Maurice and I, your, your friend Maurice yeah, Jones, Drew like and I on occasion will take uh, to scaling Mount Lombardi. We'll climb up the football mountain and uh, and we'll find uh, frozen carcasses along the way. Yeah. How many are still viable as we try to scale to the peak to see who can claim the the uh, the 53rd Lombardi trophy? Who's viable as a as a. Patriot who can realistically, realistically win do in this. the NFC. So in the AFC, it's the Patriots, Chargers, Chiefs. Do we think the Texans can win I, the I Super Bowl? I think the Texans. I think the Texans can win. You the think Super the Steelers Bowl. can win the Super Bowl? I think the Steelers can win the Super you Bowl. You really do? I do. Yeah, because uh, you think about it, like no one's playing lights out defense. I mean, really, it's going to be it's going to be one of those games where, oh, a call or two go a certain way, a big play. And are the Steelers not capable of making big plays? I mean, they can make big plays at any eh, moment. Their path is going to be impossible. Though they're it not is, gonna it's going to be tough. I'm not. But they could do it. And so can the Texans. The Texans, when you look at the Patriots, who they struggle against, we just talked about them losing to the Titans. The Texans have what it takes to beat the Patriots. You, mobile quarterbacks, they have a difficult time with mobile quarterbacks. We've saw Deshaun Watson tear up the Patriots before, so he Boy, can, right he can do that. it. The only they thing struggle is, with those though, guys. is that you know in January, you know if you turn the TV on, if you forget yourself or you're playing, you're changing a diaper at the car right. house, you it's know if happen. you turn the game on 90 seconds later, it'll be 10 nothing Patriots. No, it will like, be. Like, that's just how it'll go. No, you that's just the way it is. It'll just, be, it'll just be this dispiriting start to the game. We're like, yep, it's already over. Forget it. Yeah, but then, game. yeah, but that's why we're, we're fans and we watch and we get to talk about it because I don't think the Texans, I think the Texans truly believe that they could do it. 
All right. I think they. I think they can. I guess the Bill O'Brien factor. Yeah, exactly. Think about it. Vrabel already did it, right? And and Bill O'Brien, I'm telling you, he's not. He's not afraid. He would love to play. Okay, so that's five teams out of the AFC side that at least David Carr thinks can win the Super Bowl. Out of the NFC, name the teams that can can reasonably. I think. I think get to Atlanta and win. Rams, Saints. Saints. I think the Seahawks. The Seahawks. I really do. Really. Seahawks. Russell Wilson. It's a remarkable tale. Is an incredible football player. He does more for his team than any other quarterback in the league, and that's some Tom Brady. All some these guys strong included. statement. Yeah, I really like what, and I think that what Pete has done is he's just kind of rebuilt his team, kind of the way he did before. You know, maybe you don't have the same names, but they play good, sound team defense. They run the football effectively, and Russell Wilson is playing as good as any quarterback. And they do, and they do, as opposed to you know ninety percent of the NFL. They have their own way, their exactly. own it's uh, very football clear. philosophy. I don't mean uh, you know in the locker room. I mean scheme wise, they just Absolutely. do their own thing. Much like the Patriots, right? You, if you know who you are at this point, you're not trying to search and find out what are we going to be. This, if it, and you know what it is, you got a real chance, especially when you got a quarterback like that. I do think it's amazing. Uh, okay, with, with David Carr sitting here, and when we do the exit interview, we. Uh, we always bring his name up. Derek Carr watch. Yeah. You know what was uh, what was fun? I went to the game yesterday. Uh, well, I can't say yesterday because I don't know when you're going to show this. Right. So I'd ruin right. your whole show. But I went to the game against the Chiefs. And what was really nice, and having talked to the Derek uniforms, before, the best uniform well, matchup in pro football, right? Fantastic. But, but I mean, that the Chiefs and the red pants in Oakland to play I the really silver like and it. black. That's I, the best it look. Really, there it really looked really good. Is there a better yeah. one that you can summon right now? Matchup wise, yeah, uniform wise. I don't think so. No, I don't think so. Not the okay. top of my head. Anyway, I'm sorry. No, it's okay. I, I but what was nice? So I'm talking to I'm talking to Derek after the game, and the and then and, and Gruden walks out, and we start having a little conversation, and he's like, I, John Gruden. John Gruden. Okay. I really need to keep Derek's right arm in the game, and I'm and and I was like, that's right. And so he's like, your brother pushed the ball down the field great today. Like threw the ball well down the field. And when you start thinking about it, John's always had he hasn't had. He hadn't had great arm talent at quarterback. You know, he's had guys that, that do well, that understand. And so he's had to kind of create offense, you know. And I, I think that they found themselves doing that a little bit um, early in the season, trying to create, 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 and not just play. And they went up-tempo, and they sped up the game. They threw the ball down the field. The offensive line actually played pretty good. And they were able to hang with the Chiefs. The Chiefs are a pretty good football team. So I think it's kind of, it's becoming, it's one of those things that it's just, a, it's a work in progress. You got to develop chemistry with your play caller, you know, and your quarterback. And I think they're kind of getting there. You know, they, they need some help. Cause I'm looking out there. I'm like, well, who's going to make a play for these guys? I mean, Jared Cook is their playmaker, you know? So that's personnel wise. They got, they got some room to improve, but they're going to be okay. The kryptonite of the Pittsburgh Steelers 21st century that's inexplicable is playing the Oakland Raiders as bad as they've been. Do you give Derek and company a realistic shot? I do. I mean, I, I, I think that up front, Pittsburgh is going to, they cause them, they can cause them some issues. I think that, you know, they're, they're not where they need to be at the offensive line position for the Raiders. And they were able to handle the Chiefs yesterday, or well, there I go again, screwing up your entire show. They were able to handle the Chiefs, but I think Pittsburgh is, is pretty dynamic on the ends. So, but if they can handle that, they can run the ball, they got a chance. As you know, I have a strict no-jive policy here, I, uh, and I abide by the Jerry Orbach rule, as Jerry Orbach says to, uh, to Patrick Swayze at the end of Dirty Dancing. When I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong. I want to give you that same opportunity now. Scale of 1 to 10, how stunned are you by the performance of Amari Cooper, the Dallas Cowboy? Uh, 14. Really? Yeah. yeah. Me too. Uh, it's a 14. I mean, but when I think about it, I guess he has six games or eight games left to show that he's a 
potential number one guy. So you got some money riding on it. Um, and catching the football is a focus thing. Like, I don't think he's dropped a pass in Dallas. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but it doesn't appear that he's dropped a pass. And he didn't. He wasn't automatic catching the football in Oakland. And I love Amari, but that, that's crazy to us. Like, guys that watched him, and then you watch him now, you're like, and then he's celebrating? How like, vexing Has he ever be? celebrated a I touchdown? I know. Well, so how upset is Derek, or how upset well, are you? these are the questions how- that we talk about. Like, this is what we, this is what we discuss, you know? And the, that Derek's main point was he celebrates touchdowns. I didn't know that that was a thing, or right? we would have celebrated touchdowns together. But he did the whole free throw thing and then ran off the field. And he's screaming at the other people. That's what we always kind of wanted from him is, like, show some fire and some enthusiasm. And he's showing all those things. We knew he was talented. It's, it's kind of a head-scratcher. I'm happy weird. for him, though. I love him. I'm happy for him. You are happy. I, I truly am happy for I, him. He's a great I'm kid. I'm floored by this, but I kid. also would just it – would, it would make me so upset to be a Raiders guy and be like, where was this? I, there's, there's, there's It's frustrating. Yeah, because I'm looking out there the other day. Yeah, see, I said that. I saved it the other day against the Chiefs, nice, and nice. I was like, "They need a guy," and then there Amari is making plays in Dallas. So what are you not gonna do? to not to take a steer a serious turn, but the ugliness of Kareem Hunt. What mm-hmm. do you think his absence now? Like, are are the the Chiefs how I don't know how to ask how degraded are yeah. they now? At well, this it's point? difficult because Kareem could do he could do everything. So you didn't know when when he was in the game, it would be a run, it could be a pass, it could be a screen, it could be whatever. Now when you bring guys in, Spencer Ware, like you kind of know what you're getting from a game plan standpoint. So, you know, as good as the Raiders played the other day against them, I think that when you get against a good defense that sees that the Chiefs don't have that threat, they're going to be able to do more to stop Tyreek Hill, more to stop Travis Kelsey. It's going to be a little bit more difficult for the Chiefs to continue to be as explosive. Well, they get away with a victory there. I'm sure the entire week was consumed by, or not the entire week, but the uh, it was hard. Yeah, it was hours, interesting. Yeah, that the run up to yeah. that. That's all they uh, were probably answering questions about right. lost focus, cross country trip, all that. But yeah. is it? Um, is it something that you would suspect based on your experience that this brings the locker room? It's, they rally now or is so. it ca- ca- causes uh, No, I think that they would rally together, you know, and it's kind of the next man up mentality. And good football teams have that where you lose a guy and we all sit here and say, oh, they're not going to they're not gonna be anything. And then they find out they start playing better football. So that's that's kind of what you you would expect the Chiefs to do with a good coach. Andy Reid's a good football coach, so he'll keep them together. Any last thing, anybody ever do what uh, Jalen Ramsey did to Andrew Luck the other day with that, uh, like, hey, give me five on the side, yeah. down low, too uh, slow. Yeah, that's like the fourth grade version of it. It was kind of crazy. But, hey, that messes with your head. You can't uh, do, like, grade school type tricks to people. Like, sometimes, like, talking trash, like, that doesn't affect people. You know, you say negative things, you use all this foul language. But if you do the too slow thing, Andrew, I'm sorry, dude. It seems like he does have like a grade school level yeah. naive. And look what he did. Like, no he points. Like, what, what happened there, Jalen? Uh, you don't like me? Like, I yeah. thought you were cool. That would bother me if somebody Zero did points. that to me. So maybe that's the trick. Shout Give out me good five. Quarterbacks. Look oh, at that. You did it. I'm not going to do that to you. Oh, wow. I'm not going to do that. Totally I'm not going to do that to David Carr. Then, you see? Because oh. I'm classy, Jalen Ramsey. All right. Um, David Carr, a pleasure as always. Yeah, man, we covered just about everything there is to be covered here. It's really nice. Oh, here. the one thing we didn't finish though is so Saints. I'm sorry, that I <laughs> to complete it. Cowboys. Oh, I think the Cowboys could win the yeah, Super Bowl. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I I, I should have went a little bit further in my. I know why, because I I uh, the Cowboys distracted us with our conversation. That's okay. They're good good defense, obviously. Rams, Seahawks, <clears throat> Saints, and you're going to include the Cowboys. Yes. Yeah. All yeah, right. yeah. But, and that's it in the not, NFC? Definitely not the Vikings. Definitely not, not the Eagles. 
I mean, they're the defending champs until they're not, but they're not. So. All right. Okay, so uh, now we've covered just about everything there is to cover. Thank you, David Carr. Until the next time. Now go smoke a cigarette if you want to. Vape. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.